You're listening to the GameStudy.biz podcast. I'm James Batchelor and I'm joined this week by... Alex Donaldson from uh, VG247 and RPG site. Indeed. Alex, thank you so much for joining me. We are in Cologne at Gamescom and we are... It's about 45 minutes after opening Light Live finished. Yeah. Um, purely because that's how long it takes to get from the Colonnes <laughs> to the city centre again. You were brave enough to go in. I, uh, I watched it from the hotel room. Right? You, you probably did the right thing. I mean, like, I got the atmosphere. I got the atmosphere. Yeah. I, I got the people wooing, you know, wooing and shouting, Yeah, boy! At the Dead Island 2 logo. But beyond that, I don't know what extra experience I got. Um, it, was, it was interesting on the stream because... It became a running. I was in, you know, chatting away in a Discord while I was watching it, and it became a running joke about Jeff saying, "Has anyone ever heard of? Or are there any fans of whatever?" And it, it was just a big question mark on if something was going to get a cheer or not. You know, yeah. Rocky Island got a cheer. Some of the games not so lucky. <laughs> Jeff, I love that though. Jeff showing his age, and I say that as someone who's not too much younger than him. But like, you know, I one of the games I absolutely loved was Monkey Island. One of the games I actually love was Homeworld. It's like, wow, real cool. <laughs> Homeworld was one of the ones that made me feel bad because it, it, on the stream at least it felt like it got no cheers and I was yeah. like, man, Homeworld's good. But Homeworld's good. Like, yeah. I, I, I wasn't massively, I, I've never been a PC gamer, I haven't had a PC, but I remember borrowing Homeworld when I did have like family PC and Homeworld was great. So watching that Homeworld trailer, like actually it looks like Homeworld again. This, this. I always think of Gamescom as well as... I mean, there's not very many of them anymore, at least not very many big AAA ones, but I always think of it as the land of the RTS. Yeah. This was the place where EA always used to do its Command & Conquer yeah. reveals, which was always a big deal for me as a big fan of that series. So it was nice to see Homeworld and there was some Age of Empires DLC and you know it felt yeah. like a bit of nice traditional German. So, yeah, because yeah, German historically very kind of PC-centric yeah. market, although I think there was, there was a, a chart in the... Game the local trade bodies they they do an annual report on the German market, mm-hmm. and I think consoles took over it about five six years ago. Like it's just yeah, it probably makes much, sense. But, but but up to that PC dominated. Before we go down a slight tangent, as if it isn't obvious enough already, mm-hmm. we are going to be discussing the lineup at uh, Gamescom opening night live. Probably not everything, but just the general time. I was gonna say, I've probably forgotten a lot of it already. <laughs> there were so many games they it, rattled through so quickly. It was too. I mean, you know, I, I don't. I, I respect what Jeff does, mm. but. Uh, it's two hours is a lot. Two hours is a lot. Even when, and in, in fact, people always complain about the game awards because they're like four, four or five hours long. Yeah. They are very long. But they're four or five hours with all the awards and musical performances and stuff like that. This is two hours of just basically announcement, announcement, announcement. Um, and there's no real delineation between, weirdly, I mean, I no. suppose there is no real delineation because they're all just advertisements in the in, at the end of the day. But it's sort of one of those funny things. There's no... Real delineation between the things that Jeff's introducing and the things that run in between that are just ads. There were, by my best estimations on my note, there were forty-eight games shown yeah, in two right. hours, and like, and some were shown in like really quick kind of montage, like here's the trailer, here's the yeah. trailer, here's the trailer, here's. Well, I'm sure you're probably missing like a couple off. Almost there was an indie Xbox trailer, right? They probably oh, yeah, showed the, like the, ten games. The PC Game Pass trailer, yeah. the all the ones they showed for Level in Infinite. Like I haven't even got those. I mean, like, these are like forty-eight games that actually got a dedicated section. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it was a lot. It was it was interesting because like. Historically, Gamescom has never been big for game announcements because, correct me if I'm wrong, but my, my, my memory of Gamescom is that all the big news and announcements come out at E3 and Gamescom's where you tend to get a bit more depth and like, here's the gameplay, here's like... Uh, and they, yeah. it's only been the last few years that they've started doing this open night live thing. Like, certainly prior to Jeff coming over and hosting it, there wasn't mm, really... No, there wasn't. Well, EA would have a conference, Microsoft would have a conference... Sony would have Sony a conference. Has one. But even then, it wasn't um, like every year. And there usually wasn't anything I think it, massive. The, like, the way I tend to think of it, from the consumer media side, is E3 was where you would get announcements and some games would be playable, but certainly not all. Mm. But then often, if a game was announced at E3 and it wasn't a million years away, yeah. you would then get either gameplay or possibly gameplay and hands-on yeah. at, at Gamescom. Games, yeah. The thing that was probably... Um, there were loads of great games in this, and lots of stuff from the European publishers. Like you know, a really good night for a lot of those, a lot of the European centered publishers. But the thing that it feels like is missing is in previous game games comments you would like, for instance, a game that I care about a great deal. Um, Street Fighter Six is coming. Yep. It's very, it's it's almost. 
the absence is notable that there wasn't even a character announcement for Street Fighter Six yes, no, here. And often, to, and you know, the way Capcom typically does those beats is they would have, you know, a character. They they announce characters in places that are appropriate for them. So at Evo, they had a new character and like a real fan favorite because that's a fighting game event. Yeah. And so you would almost expect for a European event, they'd yeah. maybe come and announce a character from Spain or a character from Germany or yeah. a character from France if there is one. Because they announced the American character at, at Not E3 back in June, didn't they? Like, there was, uh, is it Guile? So, yeah, so Guile was, yeah, Guile was at Not E3. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and like so. Kimberly, also American, was at Evo, um, who's a new character. And yeah, it's sort of like, and it, obviously this doesn't always track. It's like, there's not going to be a trailer for Kamiya EGX, right? No. But um, Gamescom was one of those events where you could, generally speaking, rely on those beats yeah. from some of the bigger publishers. Well, and it's interesting that they haven't come. It's like we were talking yeah. before we started, right, about Square Enix, where we were saying, well, there's publishers that aren't here because they've got no games to show, but then there's also publishers like Square who have an absolutely stacked release schedule yeah. for the rest of the year. And their only presence is the merchandise stand. So yeah. they have they have some presence and they can sell you things. Yeah. But they're not doing But it's like within that company, that's different teams, right? Like no, that's, that's true, the other yeah. thing. It, like so it is strange. But it's, historically, historically, Gamescom was Gamescom was the last big global show mm-hmm. before the September, yeah. the, the September to Christmas madness. Mm-hmm. So all the games were coming out between September to Christmas. You'd see at Gamescom, you'd get hands on at Gamescom, yeah. you'd get a better impression, you'd get more access. And the industry has shifted away from being so reliant on holiday sales. Like the yeah, so there's certain like staples. You know, like yeah. and COD always come out in Q4. There's usually something big in Q4. Granted, this year's a strange year because of so many games have been delayed out of Q4 into 2023, as happened last year. Yeah. But yeah. I, but, but that's a great example, right? You just said FIFA and card. How strange is it, FIFA in particular, yeah. that we've had an event in Germany and EA hasn't even decided to pony up whatever it was yeah. for a spot here, even if it was a 30-second ad spot. Yeah. That's, I'll be really interested if when we go to the convention centre if there's any... You know, if they pay for any big banners around, I mean, you've already been actually. I've already, I've already been... There are, to you what, we were talking about this earlier, uh, me and Marie... Um, there are so few banners around. Like usually, when you're walking to the Colmes, there are so many banners. Certainly on all the street signs. On the yeah. street signs, yeah. Certainly, when you come under that railway and you're on that last final approach to mm-hmm. the actual venue, there are so many banners. There's naff all banners. Like there's two or three here or there. Blimey, even in the piazza, like that, um, that big open square yep. in between, like some of the halls. There, there's a few banners for Gamescom, and then there's a massive um, advert for all these. Mobile plan. I didn't even know Aldi offered mobile plans. Like, and it's sort of get there's there's one in the the main corridors between the consumer halls. There's like a games themed one, like something really stupid, like Legend of the Aldi Talk, Tariff of the Wild. It's like I see what you did there, but it's not a game advert. Like it's 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 really strange. And I guess this is just well, I mean, we will see. It could be a longer term, more permanent stage. But the way I look at it is, this is in large part the COVID hangover. You've got yeah, you know. The, when we speak to companies, it's clear that there are some companies that are sort of, for better or for worse, over COVID, mm. like in terms of the way they are looking at it. And there are those that are still very much taking it seriously. It's definitely a thing for, I think, the Japanese publishers. You know, yeah. doing RPG site, I work with a lot of JRPG publishers, and it feels like they are not, you know, they're not flying talent out here and no. stuff in the way they would usually. And you hope that next year, you know, it, it, we get a shift back and we get the scale again. But the nice thing, it's not all bad in the sense that the nice thing tonight was loads of games that perhaps would have got buried if Capcom had demoed Resident Evil 4 here yeah, and if Sony showed up with God of War or whatever, have had this room to breathe. So that, that's what I meant when I said it's been great news for a lot of those European publishers. It has, yeah. And it, it's been interesting to, like, my, my original point, like, you know, Gamescom wasn't usually where you get announcements or debuts much. But this year, mm-hmm. actually, among those 48, and I haven't counted it up exactly, but a good chunk of them were yeah. debuts, like new IP, never-before-seen games, or first-ever gameplay shown yeah. of games that have been announced but never shown. So it was there was a lot more... New, compare this to the Summer Game Fest's Not E3 section, where like that was a lot of, here's a trailer for a game that's already been announced. Mm-hmm. This felt a lot more interesting, a lot fresher. Is the difference there, I wonder, that 
the not E3, the Summer Games Fest, the Jeffcon, whatever you want to call it, is the difference there that a lot of the stuff that was there was playable on his little show floor? Yes, quite possibly. And therefore, it wasn't the place for it because you didn't have necessarily. Well, actually, you did have big viewerships. Also, I guess the stream. I mean, no, no, and I guess we we don't know the exact details of, of Jeff Keighley's involvement, but Summer Games Fest is Jeff on it's his own. Yeah. Whereas this is tied with Gamescom, so yeah. as much of much of these will have been exhibitors. Yeah. I mean, there was a big presence of Level Infinite. Level yeah. Infinite is Tencent's new publishing label. They announced mm-hmm. it towards the tail end of last year. They are here, like Level Infinite is here exhibiting this year. It's the first time Tencent's ever come to Gamescom. Mm. So that was a big deal, and that would have been a tie with Gamescom as much as it would, you know, rather than this is someone Jeff knows and can get into his show. Um, yeah, although, you know, I think all this stuff is interlinked, right? They'll probably show up at, at Game Awards now. Oh, right? absolutely, Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it all becomes one. No, that's true. One thing. But it was nice, this one, I mean, it was nice to see, you know, there were there were some big hits in there, like it's great to see Lord of the Fallen 2. That's a sequel. Not Lord what? of the Fallen 2. It's the Lords of the Fallen. I wrote this and down. So, so our managing editor, Brendan Sinclair, was talking about, like, he, it's apparently a reboot, which I don't understand why you reboot a game after the first one. I, but, the only maybe they didn't feel that they had the brand to to, to go for it maybe you know, again and they wanted to I don't know maybe it's, maybe it's a creative thing as well maybe it just genuinely doesn't follow on in the story in any way and they wanted yeah. to have a clean break but it was nice to see that it was nice to see um, uh, I really like the look of that Moonbreaker game Moonbreaker that looked great because I, I, I I'm sure it's been done before but the idea of digital Warhammer. But I don't think it has. We were talking about this on the on the team, like, you know, team Slack, constantly yeah, yeah. Like, messaging like. There have been no Warhammer games like this. Like certainly, the, there hasn't been a Warhammer game like it. There may have been games that are somewhat miniature themed, but I certainly don't recall any that have like the full digital painting, which is as as yeah. Charlie from um, uh, Unknown Worlds said. Like painting is part of the digital way. Yeah, yeah. The, the painting is part of the miniature thing, the miniature hobby. I mean, you can like, see I, how playing that online. There's a prestige yeah. in just how good you're painting it. Absolutely, yeah. Like, um, and the, the involvement of Brandon Sanderson. So I, <laughs> slight tangent, but I listened to Brandon Sanderson does a podcast about writing, mm-hmm. um, because you know he's a writer. He's a, he's a massive best-selling author, and he has been talking. Like they did like a series of episodes about talk, writing for games, mm-hmm. and he just did keep on hinting like I've been writing for a game. It's been a really interesting process getting involved, etc. I'm really so, excited. To I'm see. really intrigued to see what his influence is, and that's what I mean. Hopefully, more people are talking about that game tonight than than they would have than been. they would have yeah. been. And they like um, there was that stranded Alien Dawn game, and I noticed that was the Haymont Games people who yeah. did Surviving Mars. Yes, okay. RTSC strategy thing, and I was like, okay, now, that was an interesting one. In the we still there are certain genres where they are still somewhat reliant on very expensive CGI trailers. Because if you show so, the game, it looks boring. It's true, <laughs> but like I was, I, I was watching that you're Even watching the CGI trailers, like like man crashing to space and then making a tent out of his crashed spaceship, and and you're sitting there going. This is going to be an RTS. This is yeah. absolutely going to be an RTS. And then it cuts to game plan. You're right. It looks but it's similar. more, it's, I guess it's more management. It is real time strategy, but not in the war sense. Because no. these guys, the pedigree, the pedigree is Tropico and Surviving Mars, which are both excellent. Yeah. So, I, and the theme looked cool. Um, obviously, there was that Dune game. Yeah, Dune. That was probably But the one that I, if we're talking sand and flashy CGI trailers, Atlas Fallen. I was yes. quite intrigued by like, a lot of sand. There was a lot of sand. Um, Year of the sand, but like that one, like, again, that one was like there was a very very long CGI bit mm-hmm. with like drawing you into the setting, which is like okay, I get it. You know, you want to show off the world as best you can, but I was actually more like there was very brief snippets of gameplay afterwards mm-hmm. where like surfing through sand and fighting these ones. Like I, that to me looked sold the game better. I, you know, what it reminded me of, uh, for spoken. The Square Enix game that yeah. isn't out yet. I was Forspoke, like, Forspoken with sand. This looks a, well. That's got a lot of sand too. Oh, so okay. I think so. I've definitely seen deserty areas. So I was like, <laughs> huh. Like also, black female protagonist. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. This looks very similar to Forspoken, and Forspoken's had a sort of bumpy ride marketing wise. Yeah. Um, and you wonder now if people are going to draw that comparison a lot between these two games. Um, yeah. 
There was that everywhere game, and I don't really feel like we got enough. Obviously, that was Benzies, which is the big. Yeah, that, now, I noticed they were very careful to show his face first. So I, I do want to take some time to talk about this because that's very interesting. Like mm. we, everywhere is the first game by Leslie Benzies Studio. Leslie Benzies obviously was former rock star. He was a big driving force behind GTA Online. What was the famous email, like, that came yeah. out? I need the Benz. I need the Benz. I think yeah. one of the houses like emailed in a, in a, in a yeah. in, you know, when something wasn't going right. He was, he was very much a go-to guy. Everywhere got announced years ago, mm-hmm. but this is the first time we've really seen it. And I say seen it, like it was very much a teaser, lots of very fast snippets of gameplay. And the general vague, kind of, oh, yeah, we want to build new worlds for players. So let me we tell want... you something. Okay. Because you were, you, you were saying before we started that you were in, there was rubbish internet in there and stuff. The thing that started happening two minutes after that trailer finished uh, was people started, put, and it really sapped my enthusiasm, was um, people started pointing out that they'd been hiring for loads of blockchain specialists. Right. And I was like, uh, oh, no. I mean, hopefully they're just exploring it I, I and they're did, not actually going to do it. I, di- I did wonder, because like they, they, the way, the, so there was a press release that came out just before the show, like just so, yeah, very kind of, you know, embargoed, you know, Leslie yeah. Benzies shows off new, you know, Leslie Benzies build a Rocket Boy studio shows off new everywhere. A lot of talk about um, building new worlds, players creating their own content and really taking part. And that just, it, it, for journalists at this point, that becomes a very red flag because like, this is going to lead to blockchain, Web3, NFT stuff, which is a whole different subject for another day. But one day, maybe that will, be, that will have some merit. But at this stage, at this current stage, it's a buzz. It, yeah, it, there right. isn't very much substance in that space, and some people will be really mad that I say that. But I truly believe there isn't much substance in that space right now. It's, there's there's nothing proven. There's nothing like there, there was a studio recently. I can't remember which one it was. The studio recently that said like they've been really looking into um, NFTs and blockchain, and as as of yet, they still haven't found a way to make to make it actually valuable to players. I, I, well, Nintendo was the one that said. They never said that they'd been looking into it, but they said they were aware of it and saw zero value in it, yeah. in that very yeah. classically Nintendo way. And then, of course, there was Square when they sold Idol, like when the Idos deal was announced, yeah. where they straight away, where it was it's one of those things where they perhaps got a bit unfairly painted, where they said two different things at the same time. They said they were selling Idos and they said they were going to invest in blockchain. Yeah. And, and that so got people, reported people... as the IDOS money was going to go straight to the blockchain. Yeah, yeah, it's very much the typical internet thing of two and two, two, yeah. two plus two equals six million. But even they've said, even though they're interested in it, that they don't yeah. yet understand. So that's, I mean, they've not confirmed or announced either way that it's blockchain based. You're right, it probably is. Probably. But let's, let's for, the, for the moment, give them the yeah. benefit Yeah, give them the benefit of that, absolutely. It looks like a kind of a, from what little we got, like kind of a Fortnite Robloxy kind of right. Fortnite meets GTA almost. Yeah, Fortnite meets GTA with that Roblox hint of like everyone can make their own settings, their own games. Mm-hmm. I th- that's my reading of the name everywhere. It's like you can. Yeah, weirdly, John, John Romero pit, um, announced a game years ago, mm. Black Room, which was going to be a very moddable shooter. And his, his pitch was, and he was going to be on a Kickstarter, and they cancelled the Kickstarter midway through to build a demo, and we've seen nothing since. And but the pitch was, with essentially almost like a holodeck style game where you can build any kind of setting mm-hmm. or level or game type, not game type, but like you know, scenario imaginable for a shooter. So this would be one game where you'd have a pirate shooter, a space shooter, a western shooter, yeah. like whatever. This looked like that, but but for a GTA, yeah, for a GTA, yeah. there were definite GTA. There were driving tons. bits, the, you know, there yeah, shooting, there bits, shooting yeah. bits, yeah. And like the the the, the guy, uh, uh, whoever it was from from um, Build a Rocket Boy, who was on stage, was saying like, you know, this is for players can just build like social spaces mm-hmm. and build like places to hang out. And there's really been that, particularly since Fortnite has taken off, and since so many people have been slapping the metaverse buzzword <laughs> onto things. There really is that push towards let's try and do social spaces again yeah. in games, and this looks like a yeah, like a like a, a Roblox for adults or a Fortnite for the GTA crowd. Like, and yeah. I'm I'm intrigued to see what they do with that. I'm intrigued to see more from it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have enough information mm-hmm. on it, but I'm intrigued to see how. Yeah, you know what? One of the driving forces, and I know it's not just Leslie Benzies making this game. Obviously, he's a huge team. No, but, but he's the face you put forward because face. of who he is. Yeah. The driving force between GTA Online, mm. which let's not forget, is the 
is the key reason GTA 5 is the biggest entertainment product of all time. Yeah. And the reason that GTA is still, nearly 10 years on, the biggest selling game, <laughs> one of the biggest selling games of every year. People are still buying GTA. People are still buying GTA. Still are, even, even now, in 2022, nine years after the first game came out, the, the, the first version came out on like 360p or 3PC, People are still buying GTA. It's still one of the one of the biggest selling games of the year so far. That is because of the online mode. Yeah. So to have a driving force behind that, making a new online mode with more flexibility, with more um, player creation, I am intrigued by that. Yeah, I think the the question is, it's hard to launch a new IP. Very. And you know, GTA is GTA, and I think even Rockstar, right? They haven't found yeah. as much success with Red Dead Online. No. As they have with GTA, and I think perhaps they were even a bit but surprised Red, by that. Red Dead, the game, has never been as successful as GTA. I know Red, no, Red, yeah. Red Dead, Red Dead sells buckets load more than the original Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, but, but it's, it's yeah, still it's a fraction of what GTA. So yeah, but you. No, I wonder but how many Red right. Dead Two sold compared to GTA like four. That would be interesting. Like, like I wondered, yeah, I wonder where that, those stack up because yeah. I do think G- Red Dead's on a pretty strong trajectory. Yeah, like I could see a Red Dead Three selling as much as. GTA Five did out of the gate. It's just yeah. then that tail yeah. that GTA has had yeah. has been. I can see. I can see Red Dead Three selling as much as GTA Five, the first version. Yeah, on three sixty and PS Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. I agree with that. God, that game was on three sixty and PS Three. Isn't that crazy to think about? It's absolutely insane. Like, it's yeah. Um, one last thing I'll say about everywhere, and you, I, I'm not sure you've gone around Cologne much just yet. Not yet. Yeah, I arrived today. You arrived so, today. Yeah. That symbol, that He's kind underwear. of that cruciform sword style symbol, like. It is everywhere. They're projecting huh. it onto buildings. I lost count of how many times I found it like sprayed or stickered along the, the bridge with padlocks. At least someone's doing cool Which marketing is, then. It's yeah. cool marketing. Wait, 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 where's, where's the line between cool marketing and vandalism? Mm. <laughs> I, suppose, <laughs> I imagine the city's given its permission. Right? I, they well, they love a bit yeah. of artistic graffiti. They do. Germans. But it's, just, it's interesting like really kind of trying to drive that symbol. Yeah. Um, I, I'm intrigued because like, the, 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 the word and the name everywhere is such a vague word. Is it one that will become? I mean, as an example, Destiny. Destiny is just when it was first announced. Like, yeah. There are so many things that are Destiny, and now you say that word in gaming circles, so instantly you know what they're talking about. I wonder if a good word... strong one word name is rare. Yes, and and I think this is one. Um, I think this could become one. I think at this well, it's step... a good name. Yeah, but it's just a question if it becomes that that recognizable. Yeah. You know, and because there's plenty that are you know cracked down. Great, great one word name. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. you know, it's not the big series that you know they would perhaps hope. No. And innocent. That was the that was the other game that sort of came to mind when I saw this in a way. Yeah. Because there was a pulpy sort of aesthetic to the gameplay segments they showed. Yeah. That felt a, a wee bit crackdownish. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued to say. I mean, again, this is very early, very early. Like, you know, so we're talking speculation, but like this emphasis on. Players can create their own spaces. I'm intrigued to see how they handle because this inevitably happens with any with any game with extensive user created content or user generation user generated content. Um, you inevitably get players who just recreate established locations from other video games. Yeah, everyone creates right. World One One from Mario, right? Exactly. It, yeah. That's the first thing anyone. Wow, the first thing anyone does is, yeah. is create penis, right? But like, well, yes. that's the first thing that gets uploaded every time. But yeah. after that, someone creates World One One. That is what happens. That is, that's the rule. Um, yeah, and it'll be interesting. And 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 it, that was it was a good way to start because this yeah. could be something where we look back in years and almost like the review grade. Like Jeff's done his tweet where he asked people to grade the conference, and I think yeah. I think it's it's settled on most people are saying a B or a C, yeah. and um, it might be the thing where hindsight is kind, and you look at it and go, oh, actually, that was a better conference than we thought, because you know it's uh, because this huge game was announced, then. yeah, um, or, it, or not, <laughs> yeah, it will be interesting. It was a very strong opener. It was very strong. The, the, the key with this sort of conference is you always want a very strong opener and a strong finale. And I don't think Summer Game... And I know we can't compare it directly to Summer Game, but that's the closest we can because that wasn't mm-hmm. bigger, the bigger, broader uh, yeah. you know, June showcase we had. Like, started well with them everywhere today. Mm-hmm. For certain crowds, I'm sure Dead Island 2, the long-awaited Dead Island 2, was... 
a satisfying ending. I wonder with Dead Island 2, we will see. Obviously, that game's gone through three developers, multiple different versions. Yeah. There are media out there who have played two of the three versions, yeah. which is slightly crazy to think <laughs> about. And, you know, um, I, I wonder... The thing I remember that game for is that first legendary trailer. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't the first trailer, but it was like the big CG trailer that sort yeah. of drove that game. Um, I just wonder Which, if people have forgotten about it. It's been like the more general public. Yeah. I, uh, we the, will see. The problem is like, so yeah, like the, the, the original Dead Island really sold itself on that first CG concept trailer. Yes, basically, which was, yeah. Which was done by an outsourced trailer company, not the game developers. Yep. And the game itself, I don't believe, lived up to that trailer. Dead Island 2 attempted that again with the weird, like, running down Santa Monica Beach trailer from E3 several years, so yep. however many years ago, has not been seen since. But it's interesting um, they kept that setting. They've kept the setting... I thought it was interesting. When they, when they showed it off again, they just did another very, very long CG trailer. And I'm like, surely... Well, they're trying to replicate what came before, right? They are, yeah. I'll tell you an interesting thing about that CG trailer, well, interesting to me anyway, is I find it a very... I find it a fascinating choice to show your exciting zombie-slaying game mm. with a trailer which is a character dispassionately dispatching zombies in like boredom yeah. like it's complete routine to them yeah. which I know is a thing that they're showing in this world and it's the attitude of this character but I don't know it's like do you want the message to be in your initial trailer the, the takeaway to be that slaying zombies is blase in it's your another, game another day in the oven it's, it's weird it's, it's hard though to get away from something I'm, I'm going to segue here it's hard to get away from that though because I, I don't know how you felt watching the overall thing but mm. certainly the, the feeling amongst the GI team mm. was there were so many games there out of the 48 the vast 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 majority were killing some sort of monster or third devil. person action there games there was so much third person action games shooting games horror games zombie games very few door. Switch games very I saw Chris tweet, tweet about that and I hadn't really noticed until I thought about it mm. And then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, the Switch was Sonic and a couple of indies and a few big games that were also getting ported to Switch, like Hogwarts yeah. is coming to Switch, right, and stuff. But yeah, there were very, very few Switch yeah. games. The, I mean, so Chris was talking about this in our, in our team chat and he, fair point, like, the thing to remember is this show, Opening Night Live, is primarily targeted at uh, the 16 to 18 plus Yeah. Core gamers yeah. who are sitting up late at night to stream this. Yeah, I suppose so. And are yeah. perhaps coming to Gamescom to play some things where they get to kill zombies. Yeah. But, and I'm, I'm, I absolutely understand the need to tap into your audience. But you want the breadth. There was no breadth. And this is the thing. When Gamescom had an EA conference, a Sony conference, yeah. and a Microsoft conference, and you had that conference there, which would have been the Monday. Yeah. And it was just like E3 where you get on a shuttle and you go back and forth. Yeah. You did get that breadth because EA would have a Sims yeah. section every year even, even, and a FIFA section every year yeah, and stuff like even, that. Even, even what Microsoft showed up with, High yeah. Life, it was all, you know, the, that, that footage full of cursing and... Oh, and, yeah. It's just... We're really edgy because we've got, like, a swearing... and those The, the talking gun thing is clearly going to get very... I, I recognise I'm not the audience for that game. <laughs> I am absolutely not the audience for most of these games, mm -hmm. and which makes it really hard. It's really hard to watch one of these conferences dispassionately and weigh it up as a complete outsider working out because you, are, you know, as a player of games, you can't help but look at it with your own tastes and and, and preferences. But yeah, that, that the talking guns thing looks like it'd get really old soon. Brendan pointed out like. The talking gun thing would have been funnier had we not just seen a talking gun in the Tales from the Borderlands trailer, what, <laughs> ten minutes beforehand? Yeah, well... Like, it's, it's really difficult. Like the, I get the need to, um, to, to tap into the, 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 the core audience, but as you say, like, there's the lack of breath. Even like more recently, like the Not E3 showcases all combined. Yeah. At least they're, yeah, like the Summer Games Fest didn't have breath either. But at least you had Devolver and and Day of the Devs and Wholesome Direct within hours afterwards yeah. to kind of balance that. Here there is only this. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority... The, and 
Okay, even if we step away from the sheer amount of violence in the most... Well, the single biggest game that wasn't that was Sonic, right? Yes. That's it. Yeah, that's the the biggest game that wasn't... Anything else that wasn't violent was... Violent or action-driven was an indie game like... Door from Attic the Switch yeah. or Moving Out 2. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. Moving Out, I love Moving Out. But even then, like, I, I, think, I think it was after Door from Attic or Moving Out 2, Jeff was still, Jeff came out, there was a segue that was along the line, okay, we've had something fun and colourful, now let's take a little a look at something darker. It's like, everything has been dark. Everything has been gritty. Everything has been violent and action driven. And even if you step away from the action and the violence and the gore and stuff, like, how many of those games were set in space? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, well, the, it, it, people were making jokes in the chat about how many deserts there were, about yeah. how even the Genshin Impact chat trailer had a desert. Was a, was you're an, right. Had a desert. Area. Yeah, you're right. Um, people were making jokes on the Twitch chat about that, and you, you can see it. Um, and I do think it's a funny old time right now, and, yeah. I, and, and it comes back to that thing of maybe it's just down to the overwhelming majority of. of the games that were there today came from a relatively small geographical area, really. Yeah. Um, and maybe it being such a European show, comes back to what we are saying about Command & Conquer, right, about this, a lot of Europe being a PC-first market for a long time and there wasn't, there isn't as much, traditionally there wasn't as much of a market for, yeah. you know, platformers and fun games like that on a, a, a kid-friendly on PC. And although the market in Europe has now shifted and there's, a, there's more console players at last there's that shadow of that's what gaming is yeah. in a country like Germany where I wonder you know the people who run Gamescom for instance they feel for their audience that's what they need to give yeah. them um, well, should try, like, there must be a really interesting balance they have to strike because obviously like, the vast majority of who, can, who come to Gamescom are almost certainly like Germany or European because they've been, you've, you've got the access but equally, Gamescom has always positioned itself, always tried to position itself as a global show. Yeah, they were, they are the world's biggest and game show. But. The other thing, obviously, remember is this is all about money. Oh yeah, and you know everyone's paid big figures to be a part of that show. Yeah, and perhaps that's the other big difference where when you have a conference that is curated by Microsoft or Sony or EA or whoever, there are endless marketing people who are thinking about the cadence and the flow of that show and trying to make sure it isn't too relentlessly dark and isn't too happy either no and you know plus the 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 big difference like if you're looking at a microsoft or a playstation conference in particular they're trying they're not trying to no they're not just trying to sell you the games they're trying to sell you their platform and they want their platform to appeal to as broad as possible so that everyone buys the console like but i wonder if part of this is how many people making cutesy games are willing to put up six figures yeah. to be a part or, of this. Or even able to. I mean, like yeah. you, you look at the number of... Okay, so 48 games tonight. I think there was something stupid like 72 games in the last Wholesome Direct. Yeah. Like, And none of those studios, because it's an indie-centric mm-hmm. presentation, will have had the budget for even like a 30-second trailer tonight. No, whereas this, well, this is what I mean. But Sega put Sonic in because yeah. they've just had that character in like the biggest video game movie of all time and yeah. they, they see the opportunity to grow that character yeah. um, you know I think it could be balanced out if Nintendo had chosen to show up but um, they didn't yeah <laughs> they're barely at the show at all I don't think so well, the, the only presence they had was that weird Pokemon car with gaming features well, I mean that like, isn't even them really that's, that's the not thing. That's, that's like the... they probably barely like I bet people at like the, the European arm of Nintendo were probably very few of them even knew about no, it because it would have just gone through TPC, that, won't it? Yeah, that would have been from the Pokemon Company International rather than Nintendo. No, you're right. Um, yeah. But I just, it's... I, mean, I really don't want to harp on about the violence. Like, I'm, I'm aware that I, mean, I, I have something of a... Of a not being my bonnet. Like, I, I have something of an agenda in that like, I like highlighting non-violent games. I think there, there weren't too... There were too many, but I think there were a few games that... They were combat games... But they're not they're not violent in the in the in the typical sense. Like you had stuff like um Goat Sim. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and things like we talked about Moonbreaker. Moonbreaker, yeah. And we talked about um Stranded Alien Dawn and I, things I like think, that. I think I think there were enough but the Stranded Alien Dawn, like when we were watching that, it's like, okay, cool, this is gonna be like a, a management strategy game or something like 
that's about colonizing the planet. Oh no, wait, there are guns because there are <laughs> because there are bandits on the planet or something like. Yeah. And it's like, and like every trailer. There was one. Oh, what was it? Uh, Scars Above? I think it was. Mm. Um, like yet another trailer about something weird coming from space. <laughs> and for the vast majority of the trailer, it looks like it's some sort of weird distance camera third person puzzle exploration game. Mm. Oh no, wait, she's got a gun. Like it's mm. the bit where I found one that I found ridiculous was um, the Lies of P, mm. like a like a, a, a game Pinocchio. that's a game based on Pinocchio in that weird kind of musket and and like you know uh, wasn't like the Order eighteen sixty six that sort of Victorian period <laughs> and it's like right let's take Pinocchio character from a well known children's story a centuries old children's story and let's put a gun on his arm. It's the Creepy Tim Burton factor. Yeah. I mean, Tim Burton doesn't give people guns, not always, anyway. No. But, um, although I will say, when they said Pinocchio, I was like, mm, that sounds interesting. Then when I saw what it actually was, I wasn't put off. I was like, okay, that's really interesting because it's a really out there take on it's a very, It's a very out there um, take on Pinocchio. I mean, I'm intrigued to see, like, okay, right, what would a grown up, still half human Pinocchio in like a, a grander adventure? I love that concept. For me, it was just the fact that, like, you put a gun on Pinocchio. Like, and I know it's not the Disney Pinocchio. It's not like, you know, he's singing, I've got no strings, running around, you know, blasting monsters yeah. or something. But it's still just the, the concept, I, I don't know. The, there was some, perhaps this is because I was in the room and I was hearing the cheers when the Callisto, when the Callisto Protocol was shown yet again. And it's, you know, the first monster that got shredded, the cheer that was in you the know, room for it. The only time I've ever felt in my entire life, actually, no, that's not true. One of the only times in my entire life I've ever felt uncomfortable about video game violence um, was the first E3 demo of The Last of Us. Yeah. Because that game's a really violent, harrowing game by design, and I think that's fine and brilliant. Um, but people were absolutely just riotous roaring until they're red in the face at people getting their heads blown like at the very yeah. end the guy gets his head blown off with the shotgun and it cuts to the low games logo and people were it, like it's weird like they were just excited about the game but yeah. in that context you're like god this is just like bloodlust yeah part yeah. of it was that was the era of e3 when sony used to have their press conference at like seven on the night and they used to get people in the big parking lot beforehand yeah. and they used to get people very drunk before yeah. ushering them in like if anybody never went to E3 and wonders why the Sony conference was always way louder than the Microsoft one I don't necessarily think it was that people loved the Sony one more every year <laughs> it was that the Microsoft one was at 9 in the morning and everyone was tired yeah. and the Sony one was in the evening and they'd got everybody really liquored yeah um, but well not everybody but anyone who was there had the opportunity to do so yeah and that meant there were people who were just going wild there wasn't as much liquor with this so perhaps that explains like the, the screams weren't as you know the cheers weren't as loud but they were there like, mm. and I'll clarify this is not I'm not I'm not decrying violence I'm not saying like we need we must not have any more violence in any more video games obviously no but I'm thinking if you, if you did a tally in that game of how many games were about combat how many games were graphically violent about that combat it goes back to that point of there was no breath. They're like, and, and game, yeah. Gamescom, the show floor, and I haven't been around it yet because it's not open yet, but will have that breath. Oh, yeah, of course. On the way out, you're walking past halls where they're building a SpongeBob SquarePants like village yeah. slash booth. Like, there's yeah. going to be breath at the show, mm -hmm. but it wasn't present in this show. It wasn't no. present in this showcase. And, like, by the time Dead Island was there, I was so desensitized to the idea of, of anything that, you know, the characters. You know, boredom of just, oh, just, you know, routinely murdering like zombies. That's how it felt after two hours of seeing people murder things. I found it funny that part of that Dead Island trailer, the gameplay one was censored as well because there was loads of really bloody violence in it anyway. And yeah. I was like, where's the line being drawn on what should and shouldn't be censored here? It's, it's funny. And I guess, and it's interesting actually, on a connected but also completely unrelated topic, it's interesting that just in general, I think it's curious, I guess, more than interesting, that the Harry Potter game, the Hogwarts game, mm. is quite a... It's, it's, more of a, it's more of the 
if you're looking at it from the perspective of the films, it's more of the latter films yeah. that were made as young adult films as opposed to the early stuff that was made for children. Yeah. And it's, I wouldn't necessarily have expected them to do that. And it's like that whole trailer, right, was about the unforgivable curses which yeah. are like horrific torture devices. But I guess, I guess that's partly a lot of the most devoted Harry Potter fans you get nowadays, I'm saying this anecdotally, but I'm fairly confident this, but are the yeah. ones that grew up with the books, so they're older, and they do want a slightly yeah. more, which is why they try doing like the, the Fantastic Beasts films, so I've got like a much more yeah. kind of mature no, that didn't feeling. Very well. well, no, I didn't know. But, I, but, um, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, with the, someone, someone pointed out in the, in the chat, like um, when we were watching that, it's like, is it, it, it looks, there were elements of that trailer that looked like it was trying to be a cover shooter, which when you read the Harry Potter uh, you know, books, or even watch the films, there aren't that many duels or like combat fight scenes. Mm. Like it's not a book. It's not a series. Probably, it's, a pri- it's not a series primarily about conflict, but video games tend to be. The so, template for those games appear. I mean, I have not played it, so we'll see. Yeah. But from just looking at it and hearing about it, the template appears to be Mass Effect right, to my okay. eyes. Um, you know, action RPG. Yeah. With romance and a hub and choices. Yeah. And, Morality systems feels feels bioware, which which is daft because I, I'm surprised. That Hogwarts, a game about Hogwarts, feels like it should be a bit more persona, you know, as much as yeah. about yeah. social relationships and going to classes yeah. and this and this as it is about the actual action. Like, I think that stuff would probably be in it. I mean, even Bully had that, right? I mean, yeah, to go to class in Bully and but chemistry. I, and... I guess this comes down to like when you're marketing something and everything we've seen tonight yeah, yeah. is marketing like as much as it's like here's a, here's a glimpse of the trailer oh. here's, here's trying to raise awareness and get you understanding you're not going to show people in, in, in lectures and no, you know exactly, even yeah. Sony announcing a controller was like you know yeah. CG shots things flying around and with no like, explanation again this comes back to the pacing of this, this show it was a weird like, trailer because it didn't actually say what it was yeah. everybody understands everybody knows what the Xbox Elite controller is and everybody knows it's PlayStation's version of that. Yeah. But it was still so There's weird. There's no explanation. Like, I, I remember watching that, like because it zoomed in on certain components. I thought, oh, okay, this is, here we, PSVR 2, mm-hmm. release date. Brilliant. No, that's a controller. Okay, it's got an extra switch. You know, DualShock Edge wireless controller. Right, I think, I assume that's like the Elite. I think Edge There's is nothing a poor to name. Yeah, I would have called it Pro in line with PlayStation Four Pro and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, like, that Edge is a doesn't mean anything. Um, at least Elite. Well, it, in fact, what I said, you know, Elite Pro for PlayStation Four Block Pro. Elite does harken back to the three hundred and sixty yeah. in its way. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. It was again that comes out of the pacing of the show. Like there were so many, there were so many announcements tonight and and, and debuts and trailers and so forth where before you've even had time to process what it is, you're already on not just the next one, but the one after that. Yeah. You know? I think, yeah, it's... it's Like I say, there were so many good announcements, and it feels... I, I don't want to poo-poo the show. I think it was no. good. But I think it, 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 it shows on multiple levels. Often, you know, we've discussed at great length, the sort of... The failings that the industry so often falls into in terms of being able to present things for a broad palette for one, um, an appeal to lots of people, and also the the, the ongoing sort of shock waves of COVID, yeah. where it almost feels, from the media side, I'm sure it's similar to on the games business side, on the media side, it's almost like we've had COVID in reverse, uh, where, you know, COVID happened, and everyone was inside, mm. and Animal Crossing came out, and various other games that did tremendously well in part because of the pandemic. Yeah. And in the media, we had the champagne corks pop popping. It was it was great because people were inside. They were reading about games. They were playing games. They were searching. The guide yeah. content was going great. The world was falling apart, but we were having a great time at work. Um, and now, the actual effects of those two years yeah. are coming home to roost, which is why this holiday season, it's got a couple of big games, but it's, it's not... No. What... People, I think, thought this year was going to be. And, like, I know people are getting excited, like, yeah, 2023 is, like, really looking stocked up on big games because they've slipped But people thought that about this year. Exactly, yeah. yeah. This time, like, yeah, about, about this time last year, like, the number of games that were lined up for 2022. People in games media were going to their bosses and saying, next year's going to be a banner year. Yeah. And then in April, they had to go to them and say, 
we might have already seen the best of this year yeah. with Elden Ring. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird one. Last kind of topic I want to um, bring up, and this is something we were talking about in the um, in the chat, and again, this goes to the breadth of, of games, mm-hmm. that question. Are we running out of art styles? <laughs> well, because I think that's part of why so many of the games look so similar. In the, I mean, because there were there were there were some imaginative games like like everywhere is trying to look really imaginative. Yeah, like, you know, like and, and that was and it was colourful. Love colours, more colours, please. But then things like Atlas Fallen, as much as I like it, like well, Atlas we Fallen, said it looked like Forspoken, right? It looked like Forspoken, yeah. And and so what I'd say is this: I think it does. I don't think we're running out of art styles, but I do think this stuff is is cyclical, and there's often a. Sometimes it happens through imitation where something is successful and then other people copy. Sometimes you have that weird phenomenon. There's a word for it, right, where ants and a bug's life came out at the same yeah, time yeah, yeah, and were yeah, developed yeah. at the same time. I can't remember yeah. what the word is. And that happens too. And, you know, you look at the the 360 PS3 era, to me is synonymous with a very specific sort of Slightly smeary, slightly brown yeah. sort of game, starring a man with a buzz cut, whether that's Commander Shepard or, yeah. or you know, Nico Bellic or whoever, starring a man with a buzz cut because hair was hard, <laughs> and you know, basically, um, a lot of games. You know, when when I think of that era and I think of a game that typifies that era, of all games. I think of 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. Yeah. Because I feel like that's like the the every game from that era because it, it was this licensed game yeah. that was basically pulling little bits. There was a little bit of Gears of War in it, a little bit of this, a little yeah, bit of yeah, that. Yeah. It even had like the scoring system from Project Gotham to some degree. Oh, like, God. Because you, 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 you got scores for shooting people and you could even... There was a, there's a dedicated curse button in that game. So if you like shoot someone and then curse... 50 or whoever you're playing as will call them something and that keeps your combo going, which is like kudos and PGR. And, yeah. and, but I it typifies that era. And so I just think um, that probably it all starts with The Last of Us, but that slightly gritty, slightly dirty, yeah. camera quite close into the back of the, of the, uh, of the protagonist yeah. um, is this generation's version of that. The yeah. Last of Us and God of War, actually, because when I, you know, when we, when I speak to developers off the record, there is no game that comes up more as being key on the mood board mm. of upcoming announced and unannounced games than God of War twenty eighteen. Yeah, Japanese, like Western, Chinese, they're all that game is on everybody's yeah. mood board, and. I think Last of Us, which Last of Us really led to God of War, those two games inspired a style, and we're seeing a lot of games in that style, I think. Yeah. But I don't think we're running out of actors. I just think it's the vogue of the moment. Yeah. And eventually, somebody's going to come out with something that blows the doors off again. And that'll be then, you know, next generation. That'll be the new thing that everybody's doing. I think it's funny, like you mentioned, like the, whatever that word is, that effect that you know sees things like ants and bugs of life coming out at the same time. We're seeing that with obviously, Callisto Protocol is done by ex Dead Space developers, and it's coming out remake. just a few months before the Dead Space remake. And both of those hark back to that very brown period you were talking about, because the original Dead Space was two thousand eight, which yeah, right to my to my mind, that is peak brown because you had like, I think two thousand eight was that. Was Fallout Three was granted was more green than brown, but was still very kind of. Oh, I think Fallout Three was pretty brown. Fallout, it was fairly brown, and um, Far Cry Two very brown. Like it was just yeah. Like GTA Four was that year. GTA Four very like, gris- yeah. MGS Four yeah. Gears Two Left for Dead yeah. Battlefield Bad Company, and you see when you read that list off, you go. That was then the, the they were brown. there was a type yeah, and I just feel like we've got that type right now it'd be interesting to look at this range of games in say five ten years time yeah and see if we're still talking about that so i think it was really interesting so much more so than any of the showcases in um yeah i think so like it was was, for all the lack of breadth there was at least there was at least a lot of games on offer there was a lot there was a breadth of publishers as well it's the thing that you don't usually hear from because no that's true because the thing is we know every e3 we're going to hear from yeah, well, not anymore, yeah, but yeah. we're going to hear from EA, Ubisoft, Activision, you know, Square, Capcom, yeah. 
So to have an event where all of those are basically absent. Yeah. That's um, true. Like I say, it gives, gives games room to breathe. It, it, I, I saw, I mean, it, was, it was Kez McDonald from the um, Guardian mm-hmm. uh, newsletter said like, yo, the, the great, one of the great things about Gamescom is it takes away from that US centrism. Like, so much of the Western games industry can yeah. feel like it's centred around the US and particularly centred around like West Coast US. Like all the companies there. Yeah, it was really interesting. Like, no, this is what Europe's got to offer. Well, Jeff said a couple of times during his presenting, right, he said something like, we've got so many European publishers. Yeah. And people in the chat were laughing, saying like, oh, of course it's European publishers, it's a European show. But I, but when you think about it, yeah. that is no guarantee whatsoever. No. Like, it wasn't that long ago that Gamescom was dominated by the same games for the most part as every other show. Yeah, that's true. So in this sense, you can look at this, there's work to be done, but in this sense, you can look at this as Gamescom sort of coming into its own as its identity as a European show, and perhaps the organisers of the show, maybe they want to think about that, and maybe, obviously, they always, they're always going to want it to be a global show, they want that global audience, but maybe they should be pushing the fact that this is Europe's yeah. show, and there's great European developers. I think, um, you know, there's, there's always been great European developers, and obviously... In, in the UK, we've got a great tradition of racing games, right? And we've got studios like Rare and stuff like that. But I do think, especially in Eastern Europe, um, The Witcher sort of really... And Witcher and Stalker, I guess, really, between the two of them, and Metro kick down the door, and there's lots of studios. And a lot of these studios are ex-CDP or... Yeah. You know, a lot, of, a lot of these... A lot of the games we saw today, I mean, the Lords of the Fallen, the original Lords of the Fallen, was an ex-Witcher guy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. really appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, is there anything you care to plug? Or uh, Obviously, we know VG247, which is uh, one of our sister sites. But uh, Yeah, yeah. so I'm on VG247 uh, all the time, and I'll be writing about anything I see at Gamescom. So if you want to know what's cool on the uh, show floor, hit up VG247. I also run RPG site, that's rpgsite.net, which is exactly what you think it is. It's a website dedicated to role-playing games um, and, you know, Japanese, Western, all the rest. And again, be looking at some stuff for Gamescom there. And VG247 has a podcast now, so if you like a podcast, uh, there's the VG247 Best Games Ever podcast, which is not as simple as the name suggests, and I'll leave it to you to, but it, but to, to look it, that up. It's much more light-hearted than it suggests. I am a big fan of the Best Games Ever podcast, so I heartily recommend that. If you'd like to hear more of this podcast, of course, all previous episodes are on the podcasting platform of your choice. That is all we've got time for. Do keep an eye out on the site for more from DevCom and Gamescom. If you haven't already signed up to our newsletters, that's gamesindustry.biz slash newsletters, and you can get more news, insight, and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz. Thank you.